Welcome to the EMS on the Mountain podcast, a show for those interested in austere and wilderness medicine. This podcast provides insight into the unique aspects and challenges of bringing modern EMS into wilderness and austere environments. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of EMS on the Mountain. As usual, I'm Sean, and joined as always is my partner, Mike. Today, we're going to talk about one of the probably least sexy parts of any sort of patient care. It is something you need to give a little bit of consideration to, though, and that's documenting your patient care. So, small problem, but it's one that you still need to give some consideration to and do a little bit of planning. So, most of you know or can imagine you're not really lugging iPads or Panasonic Tough Books or things like that into the woods to work in electronic PCR. Possible, for sure. You can use uh, iPad mini or any other tablet. It's relatively small, fairly light, robust, not necessarily, but you buy yourself a decent case, you might be okay. It's just generally not very realistic. Wi-Fi and cell service pretty much don't exist. And the weight and size of the device is plus just not functional in a wilderness or austere environment is something you need to consider. The kicker is we still have to collect all the stuffs. I'm sure there are agencies out there that are still primarily doing paper PCRs. I don't work for any of them. Every agency I run with uses an electronic tool of some sort. The two major tools that are in use in my world are either Epic or ESO, depending on the agency, but both of them are electronic formats. Both of them have a means to actually record without internet service. However, I'm not carrying a tough book into the woods. And quite frankly, I don't need to collect most of the information that's in there. So I really have a couple of choices at this point. I can just whip out a piece of paper or I can use some sort of format that I've come up with for note-taking or potentially use some off-the-shelf tooling. But whatever I end up doing, you have to keep in mind that taking just a standard Mead notebook into the woods and expecting that paper to make it if you're out there for six, seven, eight hours and it's raining, or even if it's not raining, you're sweating, it's not going to make it. So your equipment's got to be durable. There's some stuff we could talk about that is on the market that is a little more durable paper-wise. It's got to be portable, right? I've got to carry it around. It's got to go in a pocket. It's got to go in a backpack. Ideally, it's not so small that you're not using shards and ribbons of random paper, that you, you have a bound notepad of some sort. But it's got to be small enough to go in a pocket. You're going to need your hands for other things or a chest rig. If it needs batteries, you're going to need more batteries. It's almost a guarantee that if it uses batteries, the batteries will probably die. The batteries will die well before you planned on them dying, right? You're going to need a backup plan. You're going to need a second set of power. And if it uses any sort of pen, it is inevitable that you will eventually lose the pen. So if it's a special tablet-style pen, you're going to need a couple of them. If it's a regular pen, you should already have multiples of those. But whatever you're using to write with, you need a couple of them because you're eventually going to lose one. It's inevitable. Yeah, that's kind of the the bane of of medical existence. Ask a nurse or a paramedic and two biggest things they hate losing, stethoscope and their pen. So as Mike mentioned, you kind of have two options. Old school notebook with pen and pencil. So obviously, if you're using a notebook, the right in the rain type products, something that provides a little bit more durability and will withstand some moisture, if not straight up 
rain exposure is ideal. Uh, they do make medical soap notes type tablets. Right in the Rain actually makes one. It's okay. It's, in my opinion, a little too small to be useful. There's another one that I carry. I actually carry it on the urban side too. Everybody makes fun of the old man when he whips out his notebook, but I don't lose notes and I'm not stuck with my face inside of an iPad. So they're out there. If that's what you're going to use, kind of recommend you go down that route. You can find them in any number of places. Amazon, because Amazon has everything. Secondly, your phone is probably the most realistic electronic device you have to capture patient notes. Obviously, there's some HIPAA compliance things you need to be aware of. There are some apps that are out there that are specifically built to capture soap notes. Uh, Some of them are okay. Most right now that I've been able to find are based around nursing or physicians in hospitals. Knowles actually used to make a really good field app for soap notes. And you could take pictures, I believe. I know you could absolutely upload uh, lat long data as far as where the patient position was. And you could save it into a PDF and it became uneditable. You could email it to yourself, a patient, somebody else. So that was a pretty good app, but I can no longer find it, at least on the Apple App Store. But there are some options out there. And again, it comes down to durability of your phone. Is your phone waterproof? And how long is the battery on your phone going to last? And is that really the best medium for you to take notes? And that's really, that's about it, right? So notebook, pen and paper, or your phone are the most realistic options. The uh, the pre-made paper PCRs are okay. Most of them on the market that are made for front country medicine are intended to be used on a metal clipboard and they're in an eight and a half by 11 or even an eight and a half by 14 format, which is fine if I have an entire truck full of tools. Sean and I went through this for many years. We quickly abandoned the whole metal clipboard thing, the aluminum clipboard thing, because it's just that much more weight that I have to carry into the woods. Our wilderness agency actually uses these little, they fold out, they fold in half to be eight and a half by 11 clipboards now, or maybe they're five by nine. They might be slightly smaller, but they'll hold, now they've got to be eight and a half by 11 because they hold a standard eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. Yeah, Um, they are. Those are cool. You can find some of those on Amazon. In fact, there's some on Amazon that we've used that actually have medical reference information on the back. But regardless, I'm a huge fan of right in the rain paper, right in the rain paper materials. Anything that can get wet in the woods will get wet in the woods. I don't care if it's sweat from summer humidity or rain or winter. There is snow and stuff. Everything just kind of gets wet. So I'm a fan of the pre-made right in the rain PCR format if you're not super familiar with what you need to record. And then over time, once you're kind of accustomed to what needs to be written down and recorded, I'm, I'm totally fine with just a regular old notebook. I prefer the right in the rain, the larger format. I believe it's a four by seven. There's a three by five and a four by seven. And then they make the pages that go into a, a pre-made right in the rain binder. The binder's a little big for my liking for backcountry work. I like the larger notepad. It gives me a little more room to write things or sketch things. But, you know, you just kind of have to figure out your own, your own format. The other thing you can do is make your own. We've made our own. It has all of the information we need on a single page to support extended care and the duration of contact. So you have to keep in mind that in a stand, I'll call it a quote unquote standard EMS contact, even in a rural agency like where I've found myself lately, I might collect seven to 10 sets of vital signs using a LifePack 15 or a Zoll monitor. 
in the duration of the contact. And then I can just print that off or upload it to my PCR and we're off to the races. In the backcountry, you're typically not using that sort of equipment. So you have to have space to write down all of those things. You should still be taking vitals every five minutes on critical patients, every 10 to 15 minutes on non-critical patients. And all of that information should be documented clearly in your PCR so that you have a good trend and a good record of the care you provided, right? A lack of vital signs because you do not have a monitor is not, it isn't confidence inducing by other people that are reviewing the chart later. So good patient contact includes collecting good vitals. And that means that if you're writing all this down manually, you have to have enough space on your on your custom format form to record 10, 15, even up to 20 sets of vitals, depending on how long you're going to be with your patient. At the end of the day, we haven't found anything better other than good old-fashioned paper and pencil. Whether it's, note I did not say pen, paper and pencil, or a right-in-the-rain style ink. Ball pens, general big pens will run on right-in-the-rain paper if they get wet. But if anybody has any other amazing ideas for how to do extended care stuff, I'm all ears. But that's the best we've come up with so far. Sean, any other considerations you can think of? I think you pretty well hit it, right? The big one is, does it contain all the information fields that you need? Uh, some agencies require certain documenting or documentation of certain tests done, procedures performed, et cetera, right? Some people are different. So you have to make sure that it, it supports your agency's requirements as well. As Mike hit it, will a single document or page last for an extended period? So if you're thinking the prolonged field care scenario, which a lot of the wilderness providers are familiar with, if I'm collecting 10 plus sets of vital signs, does the document that I'm using, does it have the space to do that? Uh, the custom ones Mike and I did, I believe, have up to 18 spots for vital signs. And that's really an initial set of vitals every 5 to 10. And then once they appear to be more stable, every 15, then to 30, then to an hour, then every four hours, et cetera. So you, you can make it work, but do you have enough space? And are you collecting the right things? Second, if you're building your own, does your agency allow that? So if you are supporting somebody else, will they accept your paper PCR as the PCR? Mike and I are lucky enough that we can do everything we want on essentially our own paper PCR, because then when we get back out of the field, we have to transfer it into their approved electronic PCR system. There's no way to upload it, so it's all manual. So we can basically collect our notes any way we want. Basic notebook small handheld soap notes type notebook, custom eight and a half by 11 paper, whatever it is, we can do it. Big one, does your document allow you to accept and document refusal of care? This is a big one. One of the agency documents we had for a while did not have a space where you could document a refusal of care. And as Mike mentioned in another podcast, a lot of NPS calls result in a refusal. Even Calls that would seem like there's no way we would let that person refuse. So a lot of calls get a refusal. Does your PCR allow you to document that appropriately? And that requires an agency legal review. Does it have the right language? Are you capturing the correct statements of things, signatures, et cetera? Just some considerations. And last but not least, are you required to provide copies to the patient, any other crew members, people you're turning over to? Something you need to remember. So if you have to send the patient away with a copy, well, we don't, fortunately, at this time. Otherwise, you're going to have to start investing in some extra Kinko's money to get carbon copy sheets developed and made for you so that you can have a copy right at once, and there it is. But that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, I, I will say what I usually do 
if I've been documenting my entire duration of care with a patient, if there's been any medication administered, I will, before they depart in the ground unit, I will take a separate sheet from my notebook and I will just write down times, medication, and volume. And then any blood pressures that went along or pulse rates that went along with those. So I won't give them the entire rundown from start to finish. But for example, if I'm administering ketamine for pain, and let's say I've, I've dosed the patient with a drip over an amount of time, I will at least document when the drip started, what the concentration was. And then at that point, if, it's, if there's a bag, I will tape that documentation to the bag. So if there's a fluid bag hanging, I will, I will tape that directly to the bag so that it goes with the patient into the hospital. If it's just been boluses of medication, I will hand it directly to the primary care provider I'm handing off to and say, here, you know, I will look them in the face and say, here are the times of medications administered in the volume. So they at least have that record so that they can pass that on at the hospital. But I don't pass on a whole bunch of, here was their blood glucose. And here, I don't write all, I don't write my notes down twice. I just take the cliff notes, the key parts, and I hand it off to the transporting unit. The one other thing that's out there, some folks may have heard of this. It's, we're going to talk about these more. It's called a prolonged field care card or a casualty care card. It's a concept from the military. I think that's, Sean, is that where you got the idea for one of the forms you made for us? Yes. So the extended care form I built for us was based off of a military version that uh, I had picked up from a soft medic. Uh, it's, so they're useful. They're not really ideal for wilderness environments, primarily because they're, they tend to be laminated and you can erase them, which kind of is in conflict with, if you accidentally rub against the card, you can erase it using uh, what are those steno pens. The well, a map pen, yeah. So, yeah, it's basically, it's a pen with an ink designed to be erased with alcohol. But if you rub on them with friction in your hand, they can rub it off. So, they're fine. We've used them. I don't have any qualm with them. They just, it's a lot of information, a lot of space for information. And it's been my perspective that you have to know how to read the documentation on them, right? You have to kind of be familiar with how the card, the documentation on the card is laid out. And hospital systems or, or U.S. transport units are typically not familiar with the, the charting method. We may talk about it later. I'm not going to go into it here. But if you don't know how the charting method works and little arrows and stuff and what they mean, you can't really read the card. So we've kind of shied away from those because everybody's got to be able to read the information if you're going to use that format. Yeah, not only that, but the, the military version has a lot of, ex, I won't say extraneous, it's applicable to them. But some of it is, is lab values and... They're expecting that if a soft medic has somebody for an extended period, he's probably going to put a Foley in and they're you know, actually documenting ins and outs. And it's, there's a lot more data that is being collected in some of these environments that really doesn't always apply to, we'll say, us, us common wilderness providers. So a lot of that I, in our form, I've taken out and really it focuses on trending vital signs and patient status. Wait, you don't like putting in Foley's, dude? It's not your jam? I ain't scared. I just don't think our doc's going to let us do it for 12 hours of patient care. Yeah, good point. And now, since I brought this up, Sean will be sharing the photo of me putting a Foley in during a training exercise we were engaged with because, well, we learned that and it was a skill. And apparently everyone thought I was a little too ambitious and too, uh, too excited to be the guy to put the Foley in. So uh, yeah, anybody that meets me in person in the future, you can make fun of me for that. So is there anything else you want to mention on documentation, Sean? A couple of final thoughts as we close this episode. It's a fairly short episode, but it's really just to remind people that some of these things still need to be done. 
provide you a little food for thought. Maybe if you haven't considered too much of this, or if you're getting first getting into this field, you still need to document everything you did. The EMS mantra, if you didn't write it down, it didn't happen piece, you got to write it down. And then if you're like Mike and I, and you got to document everything you've been doing in the field and then later transcribe that into an electronic system for submission. You got to make sure you capture all those key points. You don't want to forget you did something, especially when it comes to an invasive procedure, like start an IV, administer meds, how much fluid did you give, et cetera. That's becomes very important, especially if you mentioned later that you administered certain meds and you never stated that you started an IV, people might go, but wait. And then you can explain, well, I had to go intranasal or intramuscular. And they'll go, oh, okay, but you need to document it. And lastly, only parting gift I'm going to say is it, remember just like everything else we consider for wilderness and austere medicine, lightweight, portable, durable. This is some area where it's not expensive, but don't go cheap. Yeah, like Mike said, buy the 59 cent basic three by five paper pads. You know, you need to spend that eight or 10 bucks for a good right in the rain notebook. You really do. I do want to say one last thing, and I see this a lot. The fact that you are in the woods or removed or separated from your standard tooling does not mean that you are not obligated to provide the same level of documentation and care that you would have in a more urban environment. So in the last 10 years, we've gotten a lot of great tools as EMS providers that make it very easy for us to, quite frankly, get a little lazy. And unfortunately, the nature of the world says that good care comes with good documentation. So don't let the fact that you're writing things in a notebook allow you to become lazy. Keep track of what you did. Keep track of good vital signs. As we've talked about on another podcast, vital signs are not a one-time shot thing. Vital signs are a trend over time that tell you what's going on with your patient. So take good notes. A standard notebook's fine, but don't slack on note-taking just because your modern electronic EPCR system is not available to you. All right, brother. We out? Yeah, I think that wraps this one up. So as usual, until we see you on the mountain, be safe, train hard, and do good work. If you have any questions or comments or ideas for show topics, you can send us an email at the show at emsonthemountain.com or hit us up on social media. We can be found on Facebook and Instagram at EMS on the Mountain, Twitter at EMSOTM, or you can engage with us and a whole community of wilderness EMS professionals at locals.com slash wilderness EMS. Until the next episode, thanks for joining us. And until we see you on the mountain, train hard, be safe, and do good work.